0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, December 7th, 2018. Nothing occurred over the weekend, so let's jump right in with Monday Night Raw. Could it possibly be worse than last week? Let's find out together. Match number one Ronda Rousey and Natalia versus the Samoan Twat team, starting immediately with a match. Nice change of pace. The Riot Squad immediately bring a table to the ring. This distraction allows Naya and Tamina to attack from behind. The Twats take out Rhonda. Squad goes after Natalia. Natalia goes through the table, so expect a tables match between Natalia and Ruby at the pay-per-view. Remember when I said they were opening with a match? Yeah, there wasn't actually a match, just the beatdown. I'll give bonus points for a change of pace, I guess. We then get the post-commercial replay of what happened before commercial, just in case you're tuning in eight minutes late. Awful backstage segment where Rhonda is helping Natty around, then tells her to sit down on a production case that's above ass level, so Rhonda has to help Natty up onto the case. Then she yells for help, and a local talent who can't act comes over to tend to her wounds. He literally asks her, "Where does it hurt? Bad. Bad. Then Alexa Bliss gives us another open forum with Sasha and Bailey. Apparently, we didn't learn anything from last week. Bailey screws up twice by asking how long they have to wait until Alexa, then correcting herself to, say, Alicia, Mickey, and Fox come out to beat them up. This is dumb, and it's dumber than last week because they're actually answering questions from plants in the crowd. Eventually, Alicia, Mickey, and the third one run down, but Alexa stops them and makes a tag match instead of a beatdown. Match number one... Boss Hugs versus Mickey James and Alicia Fox Alicia is still wearing the wig she got from Spencer's Gifts Boss Hugs win with the backstabbed-bailey-to-belly combo grade B, decent, nothing to write home about Alexa applauds the winners Then some mulleted redneck asshole is in the front row because he's going to be on tribute to the troops Backstage, Ronda yells at Alexa Alexa sent the riot squad home This is painful, Ronda cannot act We then get a hype video for Baron Corbin. Hi, Vince. Negative points. Gable and Rude demand another tag title shot. Baron says no, unless Bobby wins his match tonight against Drake Maverick. Gee, wonder how this will play out. Match number two, Lucha House Party versus Scott Dawson. Fuck. Dawson cuts a promo about teaching them a lesson, and since they won't listen, he'll just have to teach them in singles action. Then it's announced as Lucha House rules. Surprise, surprise. So it's three on one this week. Cole says, we can't blame Lucha House Party for this. They're not the ones who make the rules. So who the fuck does, Michael? Because I doubt this is a Baron Corbin thing. Dawson loses. Grade D. Fuck this. This. Baron Corbin then almost fires another PA until he looks in a magic box. Apparently it's Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night. This is not promising. Turns out the magic box contains the gold medal of excellence, quote-unquote. It looks generic and lame. Drew is saving this segment by being completely Drew, and it is great. Dolph is offended at being left out. Is Dolph turning face again? So Baron makes a match. Match three, Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre. This should be good. Bowler eventually shows up, wearing the red trunks again, unfortunately. A genius ref bump allows Finn to dropkick McIntyre into the barricade outside, which almost causes Drew to get counted out, which leads to a superkick and a pin by Dolph Ziggler. Grade A. Great match, followed by a genius finish and a surprise loss. Great stuff here. Must be humid in Texas, because Elias's hair is out of control. He is interrupted by Leo Rush. Gross. Bobby shows us his ass. Gross. Bobby escapes a guitar shot, but not quickly enough for it to not look awkward as hell. Baller tosses Leo back on stage so Elias can guitar him. The guitar shot looks fantastic, if only for the way it made Leo's sunglasses fly off his head. Backstage, Jinder talks to Baron. Jinder will take on Baller later. Then he brings in Slino and tells them that one of them will have to become unemployed. They need to decide between them which one that is. They can't, so Baron makes a loser leaves a raw match. Match number four, Bobby Roode versus Drake Maverick, AOP, and Chad Gable banned from ringside. Cole says Bobby is robeless this week because of what happened last week. Apparently, Bobby only owns the one robe, which I'm fairly certain is bullshit because I'm pretty sure he's worn other robes previously. Drake looks scared shitless. I swear to God, if this becomes another P thing. Drake gets beaten up for a few seconds until we see AOP beating up on Gable in the back. Then Corbin appears to say he's changed his mind and this is now a three-on-two handicap match. Bobby is unable to pin Drake before AOP get to the ring, so they just start beating the crap out of him. Gable appears, but doesn't make much of a difference as Drake pins Bobby following a super collider. Grade C. Barely a match, mostly a beatdown, but they didn't make any pee-pee jokes this week, and I like the touch of Drake tagging in to pin Bobby. Air Raid Sirens play as six extras in Shield-esque gear enter wearing gas masks. Dean's theme then plays over the Air Raid Siren. He also has a gas mask and a strange-looking leather jacket. Thankfully, Dean does not cut the entire promo through the mask. I really enjoyed Dean's promo this week. I appear to be the only one on this feed who enjoyed Dean's promo this week. Rollins comes through the crowd, takes out all the gas mask guys, and he and Dean fight in the crowd. Bonus points for me. Great segment here. We recap, and Renee is still pissy. Charlie tells Naya that Rhonda has chosen Ember Moon as her tag team partner tonight. Naya cuts a horrible promo about this. Naya is trying to sound evil, but she's coming off more like an NPR announcer until she randomly screams for no reason whatsoever. Match five loser leaves Raw, Heath Slater versus Rhino. Slino enter together one last time. Heath Slater wins with a neckbreaker. Grade C surprisingly short match maybe two minutes by my estimation and nobody cares rhino loses his job and we just move on to the next plug and commercial break nice slater is upset then baron tells him that he's no longer an in-ring competitor but a referee okay match number six jinder mahal versus finn balor proof that the ordinary man who does extraordinary things line is terrible renee fucks it up saying extraordinary both times and no one notices the Singh brothers interfere, and Apollo Crews, of all fucking people, comes out to take them out. A coup de grace ends things for gender. Grade B. Passable match. Nothing special, nothing painful. Finn then gets attacked backstage by Drew. My favorite part of this may have been the road agent that threw himself on top of Balor like a human shield. Lars Sullivan vignette then a random crowd shot during which a guy stands up, and we can clearly see his shirt which says, I pooped today. Match 7, Samoan Twat Team versus Rhonda and Ember. Rhonda walks with purpose to the ring, except she looks like a 5-year-old trying to walk like a grown-up. Tamina and Naya attack before Ember can enter. Ember rushes the ring, and they are able to take advantage. Ronda gets the hot tag and does a series of clotheslines on Tamina. Every one of these clotheslines is followed by a forward roll for no reason whatsoever. Couple of fun botches in this match, including Ember bumping far too early on a jumping headbutt from Naya, and Rhonda landing some kind of phantom leaping kick thing on Tamina. Ronda makes Tamina tap by bending her arm the way it already goes. Grade C. Ember Moon is the most talented of the four in this match, and she was barely in the match. Not great, especially for a main event. Overall grade for Raw is a B, a huge improvement over the last two weeks. They cut back in the right places this week and gave us better in-ring competition than Jinder Mahal versus No Way Jose will smackdown still be better than raw this week let's find out we are opening with the tlc contract signing tonight so it's guaranteed to go perfectly the man and the queen snipe at each other until oscar chimes in this is fun oscar attributing charlotte's win over her at mania to luck would make a lot more sense if she hadn't continued to lose basically from that point until now page is the general manager of smackdown and the only person in this opening segment who is younger than her is Sonya Deville, and that's only by 13 months. Sonya and Mandy threaten to take out the challengers and replace them at TLC, so Paige makes a tag match, player. The World Cup officially makes more appearances than the greatest Royal Rumble trophy or belt as it's hanging out with Shane backstage again this week. Match number one, Asuka and Charlotte versus Sonya and Mandy. Mandy hits a really nice-looking knee to the face on Asuka, and it even still looked great on replay. Things get a little sloppy at the end, as it seems Charlotte just can't get the timing right with Mandy or Sonya. Charlotte accidentally kicks Asuka in the face on the apron, so Asuka, on purpose, kicks Charlotte in the face in the ring, which allows Sonya to pin Charlotte. Grade B. Very enjoyable match right up to the end. Sonya pinned the queen, which is only good for her, and we build tension for the pay-per-view. Well done. Match number two, Xavier Woods versus Cesaro versus Jey Uso. I don't know why I said Xavier's name so weird, but I'm not going to go back and fix it. It's a tag triple threat at TLC, so it's a singles triple threat tonight. Cesaro takes the video game strategy and lets the two CPU characters go at it while waiting outside for the perfect opportunity to strike. Woods hits a nasty-looking Tornado DDT on the outside on Jay, then gets a near-fall inside on Cesaro. Cesaro does the Cesaro swing on Jay with Xavier on his shoulders, which was very cool. Jay pins Cesaro following a super kick. Grade A. Great match. Never slow, never boring. Good build for TLC. Backstage, Rusev cuts a promo. It's not great. In fact, I would call it surprisingly poor. Ms. TV is immediately interrupted by a dance break. Yawn. Daniel Bryan's title doesn't have side plates. At all. It's a great touch. I feel like new Daniel Bryan should get a haircut and a shave, though. Daniel calls out the stupidity of the what chant, and I love him for that. I thought Bryan did very well here. AJ gets left laying after Bryan uses Miz as a human shield. Good segment. Match number three, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Why is this happening again? And why does Jeff Hardy do the twist of fate as a stunner now? Samoa Joe costs Hardy the match by appearing on the Tron. Kind of lame. Grade B. Fine match. These two have proven they can work together. I feel like Hardy should have gotten the win just to put a cap on the rivalry. Joe then does a PSA on drinking responsibly. It's good stuff. Next week, the New Day hosts a rap battle between the bar and the Usos. I wish I was making that up. AJ enters. Brian is backstage. He's going to commentary. Match number four, AJ Styles versus The Miz. Daniel Bryan wants his daughter to be a serial testicular assailant. AJ gets the victory by tap out with the calf crusher as the distractions by Daniel Bryan are not enough to garner victory for The Miz. Grade B. Daniel on commentary ultimately ends up distracting from the match, I felt. Uh, the match itself was good, though. After the match, Bryan just beats the tar out of AJ. I enjoyed this very much. Bonus points. Overall grade for SmackDown, an A-. minus. Another great episode from the blue brand. On to Wednesday, and time for another episode of 205 Live. Match number one, Drew Gulak versus The Brian Kendrick. It turns out Jack Gallagher didn't make up the word Cumberground last week, but every online dictionary I can find lists the word as obsolete. It means any totally worthless object or person, something that is just in the way. Cumberground. Eventually, Gallagher shoves Tozawa into the ring post. When this isn't enough of a distraction for Gulak to get the pin, Gallagher just enters the ring and starts beating on Brian, causing the disqualification. Grade A. I really enjoyed this match. Back and forth. Looked like either man could have won at any moment. After the match, the beatdown continues. Tozawa can't make the save and the heels stand tall. Drake Maverick then sits down with Buddy Murphy. Murphy throws out a challenge for next week. They'll step in the ring, him and Cedric, and Drake will choose their opponents. Isn't isn't that his job anyway as general manager? Enter knockoff Razor Ramon, Aria Davari, Match number two, Aria Davari versus a jobber named Clay. Davari slaps the shit out of him, hits a couple of short arm clotheslines, but keeps pulling Clay up at two. He clotheslines Clay so much that he collapses and Charles Robinson stops the match. Grade C. I guess this was supposed to show a new, tougher side of Divari, but it didn't feel like it mattered because it was against a jobber named Clay. Backstage, Hideo Itami nods and strokes his chin for an awkward amount of time until they cut away. Mustafa Ali cuts a promo in front of a school picture day backdrop. Cedric accepts Buddy's challenge. Noam Dar cuts a promo from his car. It's Weird. Main event time. Match number three: A Tornado Tag Team Match. Lince Dorado and Kalisto versus TJP and Mike Canellis. Kalisto gets distracted by Maria grabbing Penelope and screaming, "I've got it! I've got the piñata! It's 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 a it's a piñata. Not a not a living thing. It's a cardboard box with streamers on it." Kanellis beating up Dorado with Metalik's mask was a nice touch. Uh, TJP puts Kalisto in a regal stretch type maneuver, which is nice to see. You don't see that move much anymore. Kalisto manages to fend off both of his opponents despite being mostly dead, then hits a fun spot where he runs TJP off of the top into Canellus. I thought that looked good. TJP gets superplexed onto a small pile of small pinatas and Vic Joseph sells it like a million tables. It is stupid and thankfully not the finish. Kalisto throws Penelope at Maria, and she flies off the apron like it's anything other than a cardboard box shaped like a donkey. TJP gets pinned following a shooting star press by Dorado. Grade C. This had such potential and got really, really stupid. Lucha House Party need to go away for a while, and when they come back, they need to not have pinatas every fuckware. Tony Nese cuts a promo in a boiler room. This is the best promo of the night. Overall grade for the show is a B minus. Kendrick versus Gulak shines. The rest is largely forgettable. Finally this week, it is NXT. We are back at Full Sail University, and the champ will be here tonight. Match number one, Matt Riddle versus the debuting Punishment Martinez. Riddle is 2-0. Martinez is a hyped signing making his debut. Is it possible that they both win? Back-and-forth contest, Riddle actually ends up making Martinez tap to a confusing-looking submission called the Bro Mission. Grade B. Good, fun-paced, hard-hitting match. Riddle is still wearing the cockbro trunks he had on at takeover. I am ultimately surprised that Martinez lost. Cassius Ono attacks in the entranceway and leaves Riddle laying. We get a video about Ricochet, and then, outside, a microphone and three iPhones talk to him. He defends his North American title against an unnamed opponent next week. Heavy Machinery work out and say they're ready to be NXT Tag Champs now. Match number two, Raul Mendoza and Umberto Carrillo versus The Forgotten Sons, Blake and Cutler. Mendoza and Carrillo perform more double-team maneuvers than they have a chance at winning this match, in that they performed one double-team maneuver and they have no chance of winning this match. Grade B. Fun match, some good spots, but foregone conclusion. Velveteen Dream sets the mood backstage. The Undisputed Era are in the back of a box truck for some reason. The camera work in this Undisputed Era promo is very strange. Match number three, Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler. Revisiting an old feud here, starting off with things looking much the same as they did last time. Dakota tries her best, but eventually falls to the Kira Fuda Clutch. Grade B. Very good match between these two. Started off looking like much the same match they had before, but then Kai found her footing and was able to get some offense in. Of course, the champion wins, but it was a fun ride getting there. The horsewomen play the numbers game until Eo makes the save. Kyrie nowhere to be found. Ah, uh, yay! Dijakovich, bonus points. Enter the champion. Is Champa feuding with Moro? Did I miss a memo somewhere? Uh, Alister Black interrupts. Rude. He wants the title back. Unsurprisingly, this brings out Gargano. Champa suggests they have a cage match to settle their unfinished business. That is, Gargano and Black. Uh, where Where is William Regal? I feel like he should be out here. Uh, they scream at each other. Gargano avoids a black mass, but Ciampa does not. I loved this promo. I loved this promo. Uh, I think Champa played his role perfectly, playing Gargano and Black into sniping at each other and taking the heat off of him. Plus, we get a cage match, it seems. Uh, overall grade... A. Three straight-up solid good matches, plus a fantastic main event promo segment, and my own personal bias towards a guy I know personally getting vignettes, and you've got yourself a great show. Overall great for the week? B+. plus, Solid. The good parts outweighed the bad, and there wasn't that much bad to speak of. They just need to cut out the Lucha House rules bullshit and just dump the Samoan Twat team and we're golden. That is it for this week. Let me know what you thought on Twitter at NitroManiapod or by email NitroManiapod at gmail.com. Do you agree? Disagree? Was I too kind? Too harsh? Let me know. I'll discuss your comments on next week's episode. Until then, however, thank you for listening once again, and I will catch you next week right here on Making the Great.